Welcome to this week's Scots in Us podcast, where we're going to take a deep dive into Paisley. Paisley is the largest town in Scotland, 20 minutes from Glasgow, and right now it is undergoing a real regeneration. A hundred million pound project is underway, the cornerstone of which is their museum. The project for the museum is Paisley redesigned. So join us as we speak to Alistair Morrison, Head of Economy and Development for Renfrew Council, to hear of the vision for this, this town. And then with Kirsty Devine, Project Director of Paisley Reimagined and all that is going on in the museum. Alistair, good morning. I am delighted I'm able to join you in Renfrewshire in Paisley to discuss all that is going on in, the, in a very, very large capital improvement campaign that is underway. So to begin, you are the head of economy and development for Renfrew Council. The, um, it is a private for the public and private sectors you've worked in, and you currently oversee the council's regeneration of this of this area. We're talking um, in this program also to Kirsty Devine about the museum, which is a huge um, regeneration in its in its uh, on its own of over sixty million dollars. But when I was uh, chatting to you earlier, you pointed out that in fact the the plan is for the whole area to have undergo a three hundred and twenty five million dollar regeneration over the next ten years that covers the high street and um, and the area surrounding it, which is really going to uh, have a huge impact on everything. You really are undertaking a huge uh, new phase in the development of Paisley. Could you take us back to the early days of Paisley and how this wonderful town that sits just outside Glasgow, just 10, 10 minutes away from Glasgow, has, and is the largest town, I believe, outside the major cities, is now making this huge step forward. Okay, good morning, Camilla. I'll, I'll, I'll try and do that for you. So Paisley, um, largest town in Scotland, uh, around about 79,000 uh, inhabitants, residents. Um, we have um, been formed on the back of a major uh, textile industry, uh, which grew up around the, the, um, the uh, creation of the Paisley pattern, which some of your uh, viewers will have heard of. Uh, which originated from within the, within the town and we ended up having uh, a, an enormous uh, a, a industrial sector based on, on weaving and, 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 uh, and, and uh, textile mills. Um, they came about through two large companies called the, the, the Clarks and another one called the Coates, which has now had various uh, iterations but it's still in existence as JP Coates, which again some of your viewers may have, have, um, have come across. Uh, and at one time they were uh, by all records, the, the third largest multinational company in the world. And they were based here in this relatively small town on the side of the Ruricart uh, River in, 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 in central Scotland. So the textile mills basically were the town. Um, they, were, they, were, they, they dominate the town. Unfortunately, the skyline is still dominated by a number of their uh, uh, legacy uh, elements. So we still have two very large mill buildings, 
uh, in the centre of the town, again, still on the banks of the river and, and some very large chimneys that were associated with that. So from wherever you are in the town and outside the town on the hills surrounding it, you can see that, that legacy, that industrial legacy from the, the Victorian era. What, what these Victorians then did uh, as a result of their, of their generosity was that they started to bequeath uh, a huge amount of um, very iconic buildings and spaces to the people of the town. So they created public parks, which were a part of the Victorian legacy you'll be aware of from, from, from elsewhere. But they also, uh, much more than they did in, in many other towns, they started to put their wealth into signature buildings. So they created Paisley Museum, which is, is part of our, our transformation project. They also created uh, the, 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 uh, the other side of the coin, if you like, the Clark family created the, the Paisley Town Hall, um, which is another of our major transformation projects at the moment. Um, but they also created the, the largest Baptist church in, in well, we, we, we consider certainly in the UK, if not in Western Europe, at Thomas Coates Memorial Church, which is right next door to the museum. Um, and it's, it's an enormous Gothic complex that can seat 1,500 people. Um, and that was all bequeathed alongside lots of other things. We've got an observatory going on. Scotland's very few uh, remaining working observatories, which sits just north of the museum. Again, that was bequeathed by the the Coates family um, to the people. And we've got lots of little pocket parks and um, as you would expect, statues to, to these people around the town. Um, so the, 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 the legacy, the heritage legacy is absolutely enormous. We've got now, as, as a result of that, we've now got the second highest concentration of listed buildings. So basically historic buildings of note outside of Edinburgh in Scotland. So we've got 123 listed buildings just in the town centre alone which 17 are category A, um, and that concentration is, 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 is unlike you know, almost, almost anywhere else. So we've got this huge legacy. The difficulty we've had, and I guess we'll be coming on to this, is the economic challenges that have happened over the last 50 years. And, and that has seen um, the, the, the growth of a lot of different social trends, you know, the rise in car ownership, the rise of out-of-town retailing, online retailing, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and because of that, Camilla, the... The, uh, the town itself, and particularly the town centre, has become a, um, if you like, a, what we, we the, the, the colloquial terminology is the poster well, boy for town centre. I, I think what you're bringing up is actually a very common um, challenge, isn't it? It's the high street. How yes. to make the high street appealing and the town centre the, the destination it needs to be. But you're really putting together a wonderful um, destination for people to visit and know that they can um, be visiting this wonderful museum. That's great. I'm looking forward to talking to Kirsty enormously about all that's um, coming along because I know there's a lot of uh, concentration upon the family and the community mm -hmm. input has been very important. But you're making um, downtown a destination playing into the historical but also saying we need to appeal to today definitely we 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 need to keep the best of yesteryear but we need to then adapt and, and, and tell a wider story going forward what we need to bring into that mix as well camilla is that is the fact that as we said as you said yourself town centers are changing so a lot of people don't want to to, to go for physical shopping as much as they they, they want to go with uh, you know using the internet and and, and other means now and, and out of center um, facilities so the, the, the town centre needs to be an awful lot more than just retailing. And, and that's been particularly difficult in a, in a town like Paisley, 
simply because of the scale that it had grown to. So we had at one time, and we're, we're, we are coming down in size, I'll come on to that in a second, but at one time we had 480 retail units in our town centre. So it was pulling in a catchment of people from, from you know, far and wide to come to this, you know, basically this, this, this very, very vibrant and busy place, a commercial hub for the whole the whole hinterland for the whole catchment now what's happened as a, as a result of changing fortunes in town center is that that retail offer needs to significantly shrink uh, in in size um, and the difficulty with doing that is that you've obviously got investors and pension funds who've paid a lot for these buildings and a lot for these assets and they, and they, and they don't want to they don't want to recoup losses they they, they, they want to basically uh, hold on to their their value but the difficulty is that they've, they've paid for assets now that are worth a fraction of what they were worth before. So all of that comes together into, into this repurposing play, uh, piece of which the museum and the town hall that I mentioned play a part. But it's also about much wider than that. It's also about getting commercial interest to invest into new uses within that town centre, within that high street. So that would include hotels, res residential, cultural facilities, community facilities, you know, small-scale retail, cafes, restaurants, so it's much more than just retail. Well, I, you know, I first became um, very interested in what you were doing back in about 2019, or maybe, um, no, 2017, when you launched a project called Paisley 2020, and yes. you were doing a lot around arts and culture, and one of your winners at the under-18 was um, uh, Lisa Kowalski, who we then brought to New York to, re um, to represent young people. And, um, and I really learned a lot more about Paisley at that time. This hasn't been something that's just occurred and they were thinking they'd redo the museum and this, that. Now, this has been a very large, well thought through capital project, as you're saying. You know, $350 million is a large commitment to the region. Yeah, it, it, it is, and and, and if, if if you're you know if if your viewers are, are are interested, your listeners are interested, there's a there's a fantastic um, document called the Untold Story, which was published in about 2014, and that was the start of the journey, Camilla. And that's the thing that tells you about all these plans that we had going way back, that how we would use cultural heritage as an absolute anchor to build and to, and to regenerate the town and the town centre. And um, that was the one that first touted the idea of the museum project, the town hall project, but also this bidding for UK capital um, city of culture, which we, unfortunately in the end we, we were unsuccessful in, but we were we were in the we were in the final five. We were right down to the to the shortlist yeah. against some some much bigger hitters, if you like, you know, much bigger cities. So um, we did really well to get to that stage. But you're right, it 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 fostered and 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 in, in engendered this real feeling of of uh, momentum and this feeling of you know we can be a success again for a place and, and for the local people you know given the, the the heritage and everything that's gone before i mean it's so important to them that the town comes back into a vibrant place well i think though also all of this makes glasgow more of an airport destination and jumping off spot then you know that helps as well because you are so close to Glasgow, you are, Glasgow also is such a fabulous train ride up to Inverness and up to the north um, and to Aberdeen. Um, I mean, I think it, it's, it makes you more of a whole hub destination. 
Well, I mean, yes, we, we, we I mean, we, as you say, we're, we're, we're 10 minutes on the train. So in, 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 uh, in US and, and North American urban, urban terms, that, that's, you know, just a, a blink of an eye, but we're 10 minutes on the train from central Glasgow uh, to central Paisley. And we have, 10, we have 10 trains an hour as a service. So it's a very, very frequent service. It's basically a walk up, walk on, walk off. Um, type um, type train service and, and and so it makes us feel as if we're part of that that wider conurbation that wider metro area and and the airport we host the airport the airport is a mile and a half from where I'm sitting here today in, in central Paisley it's a mile and a half up the road so it's 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 we 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 we're, we're, we're part of that that bigger metropolitan uh, feeling and that helps so um just um for a moment if you could tell us a little bit about the arts and cultural um focus of paisley um you know arts that's going to play a, quite a large role in what you're doing and the festivals and other things that you you have happening in the city yeah we we, we again we've got we've, we've got a, a a veritable um rich um riches of of of, of arts and, and and culture taking place we have a we have a program of events throughout the whole calendar year you know, um, probably culminating in our in our autumn uh, spree festival, um, in, and 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 it brings together you know uh, a whole host of things in terms of literature and 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 music and and, and poetry and 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 performance and such like, um, and and it, and it and it brings lots of people to the to the town, um, but it, throughout the whole calendar year we 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 base it on that, and we've got a lot to, like we've got a lot to 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 pull from Camilla. I mean the museum itself. I mean when it reopens, people. See, be able to see this for themselves but you know that there, there is just an, an absolute uh, you know a vast array of of exhibits and, and things that some of which have never been seen before well i hope that in the coming months in the coming weeks we could return and maybe look a little bit at what you're going to be doing within the the town um with the town hall and seeing maybe more of the um historic um, architecture and, and factories and different ways you're going to be repurposing things. Um, it's truly fascinating and um, I'm really excited for us to know more. And of course, the Spay Festival, that will be another time when hopefully we could be in touch with you and, and sharing with everybody all that's going on in Paisley at that time. We, we, we would absolutely love that, Camilla. We'd love to continue the conversation uh, with you and your and, and your listeners. I mean, the, the, the music is another big factor. You mentioned Lisa Kowalski there just just briefly in terms of coming to New York. But music is a is, is a massive part of the of the arts and cultural scene here in Paisley. You know, we've got a lot of you know so, as well as the likes of Paolo Nettini, who's a, who's a current favourite. But we we've got some we've got some fantastic. Uh, People have been involved here, including things like Pace Youth Theatre, which we must speak to you more about. But they've just um, established a, a new centre again, regenerating an old building right in the centre of the town, beside the beside the the, the rail station, and that's home to 500, 500 plus children use that on a weekly basis in terms of youth and theatre and performance. Uh, and, and it's just it's it's become renowned for some great names that have come through there, and you know some of the acting names from the past here, like David Tennant and Jared Butler and. And people like that who originate from Paisley. So there's there's a, there's a rich legacy. So I hope that you know we can see how we can get you over to New York also, maybe with some of the arts and cultural side of things as well, and and oh. maybe focus on how your how the museum is playing such a large role in this regeneration. 
No, that 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 would be fantastic. I mean, like we we, we say, it's 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 one of our flagship projects, and you know we we can believe we believe it can form the centerpiece of this much wider regeneration piece for the whole town. Well, thank you for taking time this morning, and I look forward to catching up with you soon, Alistair. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you, Camilla. Good morning, Kirsty, and thank you for joining us today as we take a deep dive into Paisley and Paisley Redesigned and all that is happening in the, the largest town in Scotland. Yes, yes. Um, so, Kirsty, you are the project director for Re Paisley Redesigned. It's a capital improvement project which is um, $60 million, uh, over £42 million. But as we've been hearing from Alistair about the whole project, it's part of a £250 million regeneration of the area. But this is like the, is the leading jewel in the crowd. So could we begin by um, speaking about the history to the museum? and um, where it comes from and where we are going. Of course, um, yeah, really happy to, and it's nice to talk to you um, this morning, this afternoon, different time zones. Oh, um, all, all, <laughs> all upside down. All upside down. Um, so yes, as you say, Paisley Museum Reimagined project is part of a wider cultural regeneration strategy, and it's the leading project in around £100 million worth of investment in the town centre. Um, and that came out of, and Alistair may have mentioned this, the untold story, which was the strategy for regeneration. Um, and that's really because we know that culture has that power to transform lives. It sort of defines who we are and it helps us shape our um, communities. And the museum is located right in the centre of um, Paisley uh, on the high street. And we were really, um, it has a really interesting history. So the museum is 150 years old. We just had the anniversary last year and um, it opened in 1871, but actually it was added to over the course of 150 years. So there was a number of architectural extensions um, between 1871 and 1974. So the actual museum itself um, comprises of four buildings. There's the main museum, there is the observatory, which is at the top of the hill. There is um, what we call Transit House, which is a small historic building um, linked to um, a astrological time and there are the Oakshaw properties. And those are the historic buildings and they are what we would call in uh, Scotland listed. So they're grade A and grade C listed buildings. So that comes with certain safeguarding and certain limitations in terms of what we can do architecturally. Um, and yeah, as I say, it's, it's over the 150 years, it's not been a um, strategic master planning. They were added to in a fairly ad hoc way as, as money became available. They also built up the hill, so to, just to add to the complications. Um, and really by the time we get to the late 20th, early 21st century, the building's probably not fit for purpose for visitors in the 21st century. So we didn't have a cafe. Um, access around the building was really difficult. Visitors would uh, 
get lost, we'd think they had completed all areas of the building. And um, if you had any kind of mobility issues or if you were there with young children, it was quite difficult to, to move around because there weren't lifts or, or elevators to um, move around the building. So there was definitely and so, work. And also people's um, way of um, enjoying an exhibit have changed so much. And so this is going to give you, so the experience is going to be enhanced and brought forward. Definitely. In a huge way. And um, the observatory is sort of part, a, a quite a large part of this project, almost separate to the museum, isn't it? Well, I think it's an interesting point that you're raising about the observatory separate. And I think previously visitors would have understood it in that way. It was quite a disjointed campus. And actually, I'm not sure that visitors always knew that we had an observatory and it's the oldest public observatory in Scotland. Um, so it's a real gem for us. But a big part of the project was to rethink or reimagine the museum to be one unified campus so that when you came into the building you knew that you know that you can go into the museum you can go to the observatory you can use the gardens and it's seen as one whole museum visit and feel like returning because there's so much to see yeah. there's a large amount to enjoy and see and you're very <laughs> close to glasgow which i must remember and to remind our listeners you're just a few minutes from Glasgow. So this is going to be a wonderful, easy experience for visitors to have. Yeah, we're seven miles from Glasgow and we you can get train from the centre of Glasgow every 10 minutes. I think we're the fourth most busy train station outside of the um, capital city and Glasgow. Um, so it's very easy to get to Paisley um, and spend the day and, and part of this a wider regeneration that Alistair would have talked about, the, part of the intention of that is to keep people in the town for longer and be able to visit the museum and, and other venues. But you're, you're absolutely right, we have 350,000 objects in the collection. There was less than 0.02% of the collection on display in the museum and um, although it's not unusual for museum collections to only have a small percentage on display, um, we, we weren't changing it. So part of the, the plan for the museum is to, we're more than doubling the number of objects on display and then we will rotate the collections after opening so that there would be reasons for you to come back. And, and what we found from all our visitor research in the early stages of the project was that although we had a very um, loyal core number of visitors who came more than four times a year, came around seven times a year. There was also a lot of lapsed visitors. And the reason that people weren't coming back was they felt that they had seen everything. So why, why did you need to come back? Um, and the other side of it, I think, is that we found that the dwell times in the museum were really low for museum visiting. So it was under 30 minutes that people would spend in the museum. Now you would expect a museum you know, to hold visitors for around two hours. And there's lots of reasons, you know, we didn't have a cafe, so people just left to go and get a cup of coffee somewhere else and didn't necessarily come back. But the um, the displays were quite static. It was quite a passive museum experience. So, so you're really bringing it forward. You're giving a complete um, redesign, as you call the project, or it's a regeneration. And I think it's very exciting. And we've known about your Paisley 
the Paisley project for a few years now, because uh, we were part of um, being involved in when you did the call out uh, for the 2020, when you were trying to be the city, um, yeah. you know, city for 2020. And we were involved in that back in about 2017, 18. And so we knew that a lot was going on about regeneration. And then you did this wonderful call out for Paisley um, objects, um, I think in 2020, 21. Mm -hmm. And we thought that was great because you were involving the community and everybody in what you were doing. And that, that was, so was that very successful? Did you get lots of people sending you strange objects and images? Um, that's an ongoing campaign at the moment for oh, one of the, for one of the displays where we are crowdsourcing um, and looking for objects that are linked to Paisley pattern. Um, but I think a big thing for the museum project has been that there's a lot, Paisley's a really interesting town. It, you know, it, it, over the centuries, it's been a town that's really associated with innovation, with people being bold and radical and imaginative. So there's lots of other um, aspects of the town's heritage that, you know, are as important. And we're trying to bring that into the displays as well. Uh, and as you're part not, of- You're not purely, and I think that's important for everybody to realize, because you're not, though textiles and thread is at the core of Paisley's heritage, you're going much further and in lots of other um, areas as well. Yes, I mean, it's, you would, it's not a textile museum, um, but absolutely the textile heritage will be explored and celebrated. We'll also look at issues around um, the kind of legacy of empire and colonialism. Um, but the collections that we have are really wide ranging, diverse, fascinating collections. And that's allowed us to really sort of delve into the detail of Paisley's history and then pull back and think about it in a global um, aspect as well. So the themes that we're developing for the museum are around Paisley and the pattern, but then Paisley beyond the pattern and then Paisley in Scotland and Paisley in the world. Because, and, and you'll, know, you'll know this Camilla, but there's this kind of real kind of diaspora of people who have left Paisley, but still kind of retain really strong emotional bonds. Um, and so we are kind of exploring kind of how that we, how we can people the displays. And that has been a big part of the last few years. I mean, you're reminding me that the project's been on the go for, um, it's been a live project since 2017. And we have another couple of years to go. And I mean, it's not unusual in museum redevelopments, but- um, a, those, those numbers you're talking about as well. I mean, no, you, yeah. you have really got a large project and you've done other large projects like this when you were with the Riverside Museum, etc. So, but this is very exciting because you're really helping the whole town uh -huh. come together. It's, you're the, the core, the, you know, the, the jewel at the top, but the whole town is, is getting a regeneration and a, and a refocus. When Alison and I talked, we spoke about how we worked with Orca with the Kelpies. And it reminds me of that, you know, this refocusing and it, and really making Paisley a bigger destination again. Yeah, I think, you know, um, we've always seen ourselves as being not just a museum at the end of the high street 
operating in isolation from all of the other activities that take place within the town or could take place. And the, the aims and objectives of the museum from the start were to be a leading international museum, but to be the sort of um, a destination for visitors from across Scotland and also to be a hub at the heart of the town and a, a, a local resource. So what's been really critical, I think, over the last five or so years of the project is being able to engage with local communities. And we are co-producing our displays. So our curatorial and research teams are working with a, a whole range of individuals and organizations, both locally and internationally, to reinterpret the collections and to tease out the stories from the collections um, that are relevant and accessible to people. So we have worked on the displays with over 1,300 people, over 2,000 hours of engagement um, to develop 10 displays and an introductory gallery. But we're also co-producing our um, public programme, which um, we have been working on for the last couple of years. Um, and we have been working, we work with over 70 organisations within Renfrewshire, and Renfrewshire is the historic county that Paisley sits within, um, to really to identify what people's interests and needs were. Um, and that's really then sort of helping us to shape the public programme, because what we're really trying to develop, I suppose, is a manifesto for the museum based on visitor need. So things that were coming out that were really important to people were things around uh, play and literacy, but also um, community health and well-being, um, confidence and belonging and ownership, and that sense of like the museum belonging to people and people seeing themselves in the museum, that's been really critical. So as we've researched the collections and are developing the interpretation and developing public programmes, that is in collaboration with all of our communities. I think also um, involve, it, 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 when we say we involve families, we also it, it really have a heavy emphasis on children because if the children enjoy it and have things to do they want to keep coming back and then you have them for life well i um, teenagers is always a, a challenging gap in that <laughs> <laughs> that time span um because there's always other things sometimes but teenagers is also an audience um that we're really keen to target so for all of our displays every single display has a identified interpretive audience so one of those audiences has families and when we talk about families we do mean um carers with children so it's an intergenerational visit and then we specifically have displays which are targeted at early years so under fives um, and so all of the things that you can do in that display and the the text that's used is developed with that audience in mind and then we also look at schools and young people and in sensory impaired audiences as well so it doesn't creating a display for one particular audience doesn't exclude any other audiences but it's just about how do you provide things for people to do that's engaging and, and relevant to them multi-layered multi-layered so, um we're going to hopefully keep up with you in the next few months and come back to see you but before we go today could you sort of tell me two or three of your favorite things that are going on some of the displays or objects that you're really excited about, that are a little bit 
Um, small or large? <laughs> small or large? Well, um, I think one thing we're in kind of early stages of, but I am quite excited about, is we are developing what we've been calling the introductory gallery, which is right in the historic core of the museum. And it will be, it'll give people a whistle stop tour of Paisley and Renfrewshire, so the history and you know, the equivalent of 30 seconds. But we are co-producing that story with young people. So we are working with people between 14 and 25 years old to develop the narratives. And it's it's it feels quite scary because it would be easier in some ways for us as a curatorial and content team just to map out the content and develop it. But it will be much more engaging. I think it's a fully immersive and um, digital show which will form part of that gallery. So really kind of keen to see how that develops over the next uh, year or so. But I suppose what I'm excited about as well is all of our stories, all of our displays that we are co-producing with groups. Um, we're in the sort of final stages of developing those. So we've been working with um, Syrian refugees um, who have been interpreting the Syrian glass collection with us. We've been working with a group who live locally of women and, uh, and non-binary people um, to develop a display around the socialist movement. And, and their sort of perspective and take and integrity in the way that they have developed those displays, it's been so rewarding to watch um, and to see it really begin to, it's, come to life it's cut it's we're into almost the 3d stage of it now we've we've worked on it on paper for so long we're at the kind of um more soon to be in the fit out stage of it and then obviously we're just it's coming alive and i think at the moment as well we're just we're about halfway through the build program as well so we're starting to see the building come out the ground we've seen a lot of the um accretions to the building over the past uh few years have been taken down and we, we're seeing the new the design that um, ALA Amanda Levy architects or architects um, have developed really begin to take shape and, and that makes it feel very real and, and uh, you know people often use it's a bit of an overused word but they talk about you know oh it would be transformative but actually I do think in this instance with this museum project the the reimagined project is transformative it will change the building for people. I think there will be enough there that people will give them comfort for what they remembered before the things that they liked, but it will be such a different um, and good, hopefully different in a good way, good experience for people. Well, and we're about two years away from seeing the doors open. We've not um, settled on a, we're not kind of at a stage where we really have um, a, an opening date yet because we're not quite we're halfway through the construction program but we're there's still a bit of a way to go before we're okay at well that means we can we can check back in with you, you definitely and can. maybe you'll put a hard hat on next time <laughs> and we'll go for a bit of a look around with you. <laughs> that would be fantastic so that we can sort of be a part of this ongoing wonderful story no happy to do that happy to give you oh. an opportunity oh good Okay, well, thank you so much. It's been great to catch up with you. It was lovely when we met last November with the, in the part of the conference. That was great. And so now we've learned a little bit more today. So thank you, Kirsty. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Take care. Okay.
Thank you for joining us today as we took a deep dive into Paisley, Scotland's largest town in the midst of such a tremendous regeneration. Join us on the first and third Monday of the month as we bring you a new episode of Scots in Us. And to find out more of the work of the American Scottish Foundation, visit our website, AmericanScottishFoundation.org to learn more. Until next time. Thank you.